Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 31. Is it Till Death Do Us Part? Till Death Do Us Part, Part 1 and 2. Why did they make it that way? Was it always together? I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I bet when this originally aired, it was two episodes. Yeah. That played back to back. Oh, right. Yeah. Because I've seen that before. Mm. Anyway, this is the episode I've been waiting for since we started this podcast. This is one of my favorite Melrose Place episodes of all time. It has it all. (laughs) It has a wedding, a trial, attempted murder. Attempted suicide murder. Attempted suicide (laughs) murder. It has a lot. Yeah. So let's just get into it. We begin at the beach, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I had to rewind it. We open on a shot of a seagull with one leg. No, I did not notice. Did you not see this? Mm-mm, they I have didn't. like the B-roll footage of the beach. Uh, yeah, we're back at the beach house. We're back at the beach house, and Kimberly and Michael are having morning sex. And Michael is like, I just want to talk. I'm, I have to give it to Kimberly, because she hates Michael, but she still will fuck him. Like it's nobody's business. <laughs> like she, she likes that part. She's playing the long con so well. But I feel like you have to really enjoy it to have sex all the time like that, right? Like, well, she seems really like instigating it. She is, but she has to play this charade. I guess. She's, that's how committed she is mm. to this whole charade that she's doing. Because we know, we know that she hates Michael now. Yeah. But she's got to act like business as usual. Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's talk about Sydney. Did you love her? Yeah. And he's like, look, babe, I did what I had to do. Yeah, yeah, I boned her a couple times. <laughs> you were, you were dead. <laughs> like I have to say, I'm kind of on Michael's side here because he did think she was dead. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that is true. That is true. He's, she's like, well, you slept with her over and over again. He's like, look, babe, I do what I had to do. Yeah. I took one for the team. He's just surviving. And she's like, and he's like, what do you want? What do you want to lay a guilt trip on me? Yeah. 
at Melrose Place, Allison gets an RSVP from her sister Meredith, and she says that she will not be coming to the wedding. Mm. And she is like... She's bummed. She's bummed out, and she doesn't understand why her sister doesn't like her anymore. Just seemingly no explanation. And Billy's like, it's not like you guys are close. Yeah. And she's like, what did I do? What did, what did my parents do? She doesn't get it. We get a little bit of an explanation for why the actress playing Billy's mom is not coming to the wedding. She has some mysterious illness. Yeah. Why'd they do that? Didn't feel like paying her? They, they <laughs> like didn't Billy's want- mom's not coming to the wedding? That's crazy. That is really crazy. Amanda comes over. And she's furious. She stops, she shoves the bridesmaid's dress in Allison's face, and she's like, Here's your bridesmaid's dress. Give it to a friend if you have any left. I can't believe Amanda was ever one of her bridesmaids to begin with. <laughs> like, it's just wild. Yeah. Um, they've never liked each other. Oh, and Amanda's like, Oh, and a nice box from nice piece of crystal from Tiffany's mm. just arrived at my doorstep. I was going to give it to you for your wedding present, but it looks really great in my apartment. There's just something so boring about that gift, too. Like Chris, like a crystal bowl from Tiffany. It's like we said last episode. <laughs> Amanda's not very cool. No. That's like an old lady thing. Yeah. What 20-something wants a piece of crystal from Tiffany? <laughs> not even just- like I got you... A necklace or something. Or something. I'm sure they have something I would want there, but a crystal ball, that's like, that's, people don't like that stuff anymore. Old people <laughs> love crystal. Yes, absolutely. I don't know any young people that have crystal. Anyway, Joe and Jake are talking about what he's going to do about Amanda. And Joe is like, I, Jake... Jake, I was fine without you. I'm a bit I'm I'm a strong woman. I was doing fine without you. Come back into my life. Yeah. This is very boring. It's so boring. I don't care about them at all. It's a couple. I do not care. They were fun at first, but I forgot how tedious this back and forth will they won't they gets. It's the worst because you in a in a will they want won't they you need to want them to get together and I'm like I'm fine if they don't get together like I don't give a shit right like <laughs> Do I don't you know what I, mean? I don't love him and Amanda together but I don't need him to be with Joe at this point no at least him and Amanda's were somewhat interesting though so at D and D Amanda's mom Hillary is there to see her. Amanda's wearing a light pink skirt suit. And she, her mom is like, why'd you fire my fiance, Chaz? And Amanda's like, I had a very good reason to fire him. Because Amanda's mom still doesn't know. Right. At this point that Chaz and Amanda hooked up in the conference room and that Chaz is a sleazeball. Yeah. And so... The mom is like, spare me, Amanda. And so Amanda's like, okay, fine, I'll tell you. He hit on me. He came on to me in the conference room. But the mom doesn't believe her. And she's like, you just want to hurt me. She says, you've been panting for revenge. 
<laughs> like that expression was so. <laughs> and she says, Chaz and I are more committed now than ever. And Amanda's like, get the hell out of my life, mother. Mm. And the mom is like, I can promise you this. There's going to be hell to pay. Ooh. So the mom is like. That's where Amanda gets it from. That's where she gets it from, <laughs> is that need for revenge. At Jane Mancini Design, we meet this Australian guy who's like a buyer for a big department store. What's this guy's name? I didn't write it down. I, don't, I didn't write it down either. Adrian. <sighs> it's like, I just been calling him Aussie because he's Australian. I laughed so hard at this opening because I was like, Rachel's going to love this one. Because she's like, it's 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all in a new 90s. <laughs> she's like, I've taken she, elements from all of the past decades to make something that is uniquely 90s. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to tell from Jane's designs. I will tell you that. No, because they just looked like her designs. They like, just look like her schmata dresses. Yeah, but she's she also always, recycling. She's upcycling. Yeah, She's... um. Jane Mancini's an upcycling pioneer. Yes. She's like, I, yeah, she's like, I'm taking, I'm taking things from, I'm recreating vintage designs, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all into a 90s style. Yeah. And he's like, I like your work, Jane. <laughs> and I think you're a total babe. He's so immediately horny for her. You, he's like, I was like, I don't trust this guy's opinion of her designs. Like, he's not slick at all mm. about this. He immediately sexually harasses her. Right. He's the mo- she's the most beautiful designer he's ever seen. Right. Yeah. And he wants to take her out to dinner, and she's like, thinks it's going to be a normal business dinner. Why does she think that? It's so clearly. Not. No, he's like immediately like, I want to touch your breasts. Yeah, like if he's like, you're so beautiful, and then ask her for dinner, <laughs> he's, how is that a business dinner at that point? He's so horny. Allison drives her mom and dad around in Betsy. Betsy's still up and running. So I was shocked. I can't believe this car is still going. I guess she like had just picked them up from the airport. And she tells her parents that she just got this RSVP from Meredith and that she's not coming to the mm-hmm. wedding. And she's like, what do, what do we do to make her hate us so much? And then the mom is like, listen, listen, Allison, she's, or was this the dad? I think it was the dad. The dad is like, listen, Allison, she's been in cults. She's been on drugs. She's brainwashed yeah. against us. Cause the dad's more aggressively negative about her. Yeah. The mom is, the mom's like, Oh, Honestly, Allison's mom is like a pathetic individual. She's a dingbat. Like, what is, how is she so clueless? How has this mom functioned on this earth for the last 60 years? No, no one knows. She's so clueless. She's so passive. And she has a dumb personality. I'm sick of her. The, the, <laughs> right. The dad, yeah, the dad's like, sweetie, your yeah. sister's a bitch. Yeah, he's like, let's move on. He's talking so much trash about his firstborn child. Right, and he's like, move on. He's Let not her e- go. We don't even think about her anymore. No, he's not even like, it's very sad. We don't know. We've tried reaching. Like, he's yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck her. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Allison, your sister's a hater and a loser. <laughs> she is totally a hater. 
at D&D, Amanda meets with Bruce and some of the other higher-ups, and Bruce informs Amanda that D&D is being slapped with a $10 million sexual harassment lawsuit. Wow. And that Chaz is Mm. suing Amanda for sexual harassment. And Amanda's like, oh, this is is outrageous. (laughs) And Bruce reads her the charges, and he's like, it's very serious, Amanda. And they're just immediately ready to throw her under the bus. He does not believe Amanda. He's like... Come on. Look at at Chaz. Look at at Chaz. You're telling me... (laughs) Amanda's like, that's a lie. But Bruce is like, I don't know. He doesn't know if he believes her. He like kind of doesn't. I'm kind of shocked though, because you would think just based on office politics back then, it would be more rare that a, you know, a woman in charge would be, you know what I mean? Like, that's why that movie Disclosure was like, so like, ooh, it's the woman. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it would have been, it's kind of hard to believe they immediately bought it to me. But maybe they hate Amanda so much they didn't give a shit. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce does not like Amanda. And so he was like not willing to give her the benefit of the doubt in this situation. That evening, Allison's parents... Or at Billy and Allison's apartment. Okay. It, they're staying with them. They are. Okay. <laughs> this it's is, crazy to me. This is a two bedroom apartment. And we all know that Billy and Allison sleep in separate rooms for whatever reason. So both bedrooms are occupied. So these two people are going to sleep on the futon in the living room. Yeah. On the Imagine little- your adult, like older parents. <laughs> It's like get a hotel. Like, why, I'm sorry. Why like, don't they? Why does everything go down at Melrose Place? Because it, it's like, yeah, they don't want the parents to be elsewhere, right? <laughs> got to be there. The wedding will be there. You got to have. Everyone's got to be involved, and it's got to be close by. So they're like putting together the pullout bed when Amanda stops by. And Amanda does not give a fuck that Allison's parents are there setting up their little bed. I love that about her. I so love this about her, too. She immediately launches into a tirade against Allison. She's like, do you have any idea what your big mouth started? Yeah. She's right. She is. (laughs) It is true. Allison did blab about Chaz and Amanda making out in the conference room. And Billy also, he's he's at fault. Well, B- well, Billy's the one, right, he got drunk and told Jake. Yes, so that's how it all spiraled. And Billy's like, Amanda, I think you better just leave. And she's like, I'm going to win this case, Allison, and when it's over, you're going down with Chaz. Yes. We see Sydney walking the street in a very cute silver dress and matching silver jacket. With a little silver purse. She looks great. I love this look on her. I think silver is such a good color on her. And she gets scolded by some other girls because she's on their corner. I cannot believe how disrespectful Sydney was to these ladies. It was out of control. And these women, these three women, looked like they've been around the block several times. Well, they were all much older than Sydney. Um, And this guy heated fast. It got so heated. Sydney, basically, she goes, it's a free country, which is like the most 90s thing to say to someone. (laughs) 
And they're like, you know, talking back to her. And then she starts talking shit. And one of them pulls out a fucking switchblade. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A big knife. They're, They're about to have a rumble on Sunset and Highland or wherever they are. But they kick the shit out of her. They kick the shit out of Sydney because she's like talking back to them. No, one of them like socks her in the fucking mouth and she drops and then they start kicking her. They're kicking her in the ribs. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I couldn't, I was like, that sucks. But what were you thinking? (laughs) Just walk away. What was she thinking? Sydney's rushed to the hospital to Wilshire Memorial and guess who her doctor is? Mm. Dr. Kimberly Shaw. And Kimberly leans down to Sydney and she whispers in her ear, Michael's going to pay for what he's done to you, for what he's done to both of us. I like when Sydney gets wheeled in and someone, I can't remember who says it, but I think Kimberly says, it's just a street horrified. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Jesus. She does say that. She's like, we she, see these all the time. <laughs> I don't even think it was Kimberly. I think it was the male doctor. Oh, maybe. Which yeah. somehow made it even worse to me. Oh, totally. <laughs> Um, the next morning, Amanda heads off to work and on the, on the like way out the door, she sees Jake is mm-hmm. helping Joe with some furniture and this makes her furious. Cause Joe's reeling him back in with that baby. Yeah. She thinks that Joe is like, got pregnant to get Joe, to get Jake back. Yeah. Basically. Um, and so she marches up there. <laughs> And accuses Joe of stealing her man. We love an Amanda March. She, she, when she's mad, she does that little determined walk right into the heat of the fire. Like she, she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't stop to think. She just marches her little tight butt up there. Yes. And Jake is like, Amanda, I can't be with someone who cheats on me. And Amanda's like, grow up. She calls she him. Is. She's she, like, who cares? She drags him for filth. Like, she's like, that's why you're a loser. Like, he, she literally calls Jake a loser. Honestly, it's so funny. I'm not excusing cheating on someone at all. That's very bad. But this was so funny, and she totally owned him. Yeah. That's why you're a loser, and you'll always be a loser. You're, just like my dad's. He was right about one thing. You're a loser. <laughs> Calling someone a loser is just so mean, especially your boyfriend. <laughs> At the hospital, Sydney's recovering in bed. She's reading the New York Post and drinking a soda. She's living her best life this, in the hospital. <laughs> this was like the most Sydney man or Sydney Andrews way to recover in the hospital. Yeah. Is like reading the New York Post and drinking a big soda. Mm. Simberly, Kimberly checks her out and is like, mm, you know, you look you look okay to go. And she gives Sydney some cash and she's like, stay off the streets. Yeah. Get your life together. Get your life together. And Cindy, Sydney's like, why are you being so nice to me? And Kimberly's like, meet me at the Griffith observatory tonight and I'll explain everything. Ooh. At D and D Bruce tells Amanda They've decided to avoid having some like big costly trial and just have a circuit court judge listen to testimony and make a ruling the day after tomorrow. Literally they're going they're doing this trial the day after tomorrow. Yeah. This would never happen. So, is, especially like 
No, it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was Allison's wedding. Yeah. I thought it was a holiday. <laughs> no. No, a $10 million lawsuit. And they're like, yeah, we have enough uh, a evidence. Day? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. This is so crazy. Um, and Amanda's like, Bruce, I am innocent. And Bruce is like, well, Chaz, Chaz's side, they have a witness whose testimony could be really damaging. Mm. And that's when we cut to Allison at her She's desk. Like, Biting our lip. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Allison is at her desk and Amanda marches up to her and is like, we need to talk. Yeah. I heard, I, a little birdie told me that you're going to testify in this trial. And she's like, yes, Amanda, I got a subpoena. And Amanda's like, look, if there's anything I said that could have been misconstrued as hostile, I'm very sorry. Yeah. But please, you can't do this. Amanda needs Allison now. She needs her now, and she is very sorry that she shoved her pink taffeta bridesmaid's dress in her face. Do you want the crystal? <laughs> <laughs> Just say it. And she says, she starts like going in on Allison. She's like, look, I don't know what you think you saw. But you need to tell them that it's not what you saw. Yeah. And of course, this is Allison. Mm. And she's like, Amanda, I can't lie on, under oath. Yeah. That's cheating. Allison will never lie under oath. Give me a break. <laughs> Amanda had to know this going in. <laughs> um, and Amanda is livid. Yeah. She's like, and she's like, I don't have to be nice anymore. Yeah. She can switch that tone back. She's like, you useless bitch. You loser. I knew you were a loser. <laughs> Amanda is surrounded by haters and losers mm. in this office and in the complex. Everyone's so stupid. We're at Montezino's restaurant, which is the date night spot. Everyone's favorite date night spot at Melrose Jazz Place. is blaring out. Yeah. They're having um, goat cheese ravioli. Mm. And Jane is on a date with the Aussie business guy. Yeah. And she's like, this doesn't feel like a business dinner. Well, because he's immediately like, why have you never been a model? That's how hot you are. You could be at Models, Inc. (laughs) And he's like, look, sorry you're so hot. Yeah. Basically. It's your fault. Like, that's why I'm hitting on you. What am I supposed to do? You're so sexy. And he's like, like, but Jane, I also think you're very talented. Yeah. Just because I want to fuck you (laughs) doesn't mean I can't respect your talent. (laughs) He says that he wants to finance a whole line for his department stores in exchange for a stake in her company. And Jane is very interested, but she warns him. She says, well, I do have a silent partner, my ex-husband, Michael Mancini. Mm, Not good. So they're going to have to get his approval before she does this deal. At Shooters, we meet Billy's best man, Rob. And these two guys are eating Chex Mix at the bar. Yum. It honestly made me hungry. And Rob has been Billy's friend since college. And we've never met this guy. We've never heard about this guy before. But he needed to find a new best man fast because he booted Jake out of the job. Right. And they're they're like I don't for some reason Rob is like, "Remember Donna? I got excited. Your ex-girlfriend?" Yeah. 
And they're just like bullshitting, talking about marriage. You were so desperate for her. I was like, I believe that. I totally believe that. And Billy's like, I should let Donna know I'm off the market for good. That's such a Billy. It's like she doesn't even remember you, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. At the observatory, Sydney meets Kimberly. And Kimberly is doing that like mysterious, pensive, leaning over the railing, yeah. taking the view in, looking out over the cityscape. And she's like, you know, Sydney, I really saw myself in you when you were at the hospital. And I thought, we're both victims of Michael Mancini. Yeah. And she tells Sydney, she's like, I want revenge. Ooh. And she's like, Michael Mancini's like a rabid dog, and he needs to be put out of his misery. He's a menace. He's a menace. <laughs> I was like, that's so accurate. <laughs> he is a menace. And Sydney's like, are you talking about murder? And she's like, no, I'm talking about justice. And Sydney's a little unsure. But Kimberly's Kimberly's like, come on, don't you want to see him dead? And she's like, yes. I like how Sydney's still like a little child actress. She's so good. Can't murder somebody. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) yeah, I do want him dead though. (laughs) And Kimberly's like, well, we're going to do this together. The next day, Kimberly brings Michael his coffee out on their deck, and Michael is just Mancini in and up. He's like, yeah. thanks, babe. Yeah. Hmm, good coffee. Not a, not a care in the world. <laughs> He's so dense sometimes. He's <laughs> just like... <laughs> this is when Jane approaches, and mm. she's like, Michael, I have great news. A department store wants to buy a large stake in the company. Yeah. And she's like, I brought forms for you to sign. And Kimberly is like being a real bitch to Jane. This is one thing I was like, why does Kimberly hate Jane so much? Like Jane is innocent in all of this. Jane is way more innocent than Sydney. It's just funny that Kimberly has all this hate toward Jane when she actually cheated on Jane with, I mean, with Michael on Jane, like. It's Jane, just funny to me. Jane hasn't done anything wrong except for be annoying. But she hasn't done anything wrong. She hasn't done anything wrong. But maybe Kimberly like senses that Jane is Michael's true, like the one he truly wants in a way. Because he's obsessed with Jane. He's obsessed with Jane. That's a good point. And I do think that Kimberly doesn't really actually give a shit about Sydney. She's just clearly using her. Yes. So Kimberly's, but Kimberly's also playing 4D chess here because she needs to continue to sow division between, between Jane and Michael. Definitely. Although she does set Jane up. Absolutely. (laughs) Like in a big, bad way. Um, so Michael is like looking at these forms. He's like, Hmm, I don't know. Look, have someone look over this with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. (laughs) My lawyers. (laughs) And Jane is like, Michael, don't stand in my way. Yeah. And then Kimberly says, why don't you go home, you condescending bitch? And we'll think this over. (laughs) It's just so mean. (laughs) She's so mean to Jane. And Michael's like, hmm, hmm. He's very pleased. He loves it. Because he's like, I can't say it, but she can. (laughs) At D&D, Chaz and Amanda's mom are there. And Amanda runs into them, 
And she's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. She's on edge. Yeah. She's like, she's like a scared animal. Well, once again, she realizes her mom's not on her side too, I think. Yeah. Bruce pulls Amanda aside and he's like, the insurance company suggests that we settle and that you sign an admission of guilt. And Amanda's like, I will not. I'm innocent. I'm not going yeah. to say I did this. And Bruce is like, Amanda, if you lose this case, I'll make sure you never work in this town again. And she's taking the risk. She's like, I'll, that's a risk I'll have to take. I mean, I'm still unsure did they fuck or not. <sighs> I mean, not that it matters for a sexual harassment case, but you know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> like, we don't, Amanda never admits it. She never admits it. But the reality of the situation is, even though Chaz is a total slime ball, and he like they both were willing participants in making out in the office. Oh, totally. We saw that the way it went down. Yeah, absolutely. He's still a slime ball, but it doesn't seem like there was any sexual harassment that happened towards either of them. No. In that instance. No. But we don't know. We only know from Chaz. He says they fucked. They made love. Made love. Which is also a weird way to put someone sexually harassing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amanda's really stressed out. Yeah, it's stressful. She's like up against a wall panting. Well, she's also very like, it's all the men. It's a man's world against me, right? So it's just kind of playing on that fear. Yeah. Anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That same afternoon, Sydney and Kimberly are strolling through Echo Park, strategizing on how to kill Michael. I like this scene. It could have gone on for like 20 minutes for me. Just different. Them coming up with different ways to kill Michael. (laughs) Right. Including toaster in the bathtub. Yeah. So they're like working together. They looked cute too. Sydney's outfit is a classic 90s look. A baby doll dress with combat boots and like a floppy hat. She's got the floppy hat and she's eating an ice cream cone. Yeah. No, she looked really cute. Next, we're at 
the tux shop because all the groomsmen are getting their suits fitted and Matt is there. And Matt is like clearly having a moment with Rob, Billy's best man. Yeah. There, he's like giggling as he's adjusting his bow tie. Yeah. I mean, Rob's cute. Rob is cute. Billy, <laughs> Billy's so clumsy. He's like, oh, sorry, Jake. I picked a new best man. I wish I could have two best men. I don't even remember what they're... Was this when they... When Billy fucked Amanda? Yeah. Okay, so their their beef is long or old. Or just we hadn't done the show in a while. I I honestly don't remember the specifics, but it was like a big blowout. Didn't somebody punch somebody? Yes. Jake punched Billy and shooters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny. It was really funny. And Billy's like, you're not going to be my best man anymore. Yeah. Okay. I just couldn't remember why, but I feel like something came out. Like while they were on a break, Billy fucked Amanda. He fucked Amanda, but then it was like a secret for a long time. Yes. And then so when Jake found out, even though like he had been back together with Allison for a long time. Yes. And he wasn't even with Amanda. No, but Jake just goes off. Jake needs something to punch. Yeah. Anyway. So Billy's like, I wish I wish you could have two best men. I, why can't you? You can. You can't, Billy. It's your wedding. You can and do whatever you want. You can have a woman as your best man. Like you it can, doesn't matter, Billy. You're having your wedding at your apartment complex. I'm yeah. sure that you can make an exception and make this slightly unconventional. Yeah. Anyway, I felt like this was like Jake he, doesn't give a shit. He anyway. doesn't care. <laughs> And he's explaining how he, Rob from college, he's my best man. Yeah. This was, ugh, this was classic. Everyone being so mean to Matt. Matt's like, okay, what do you say we all go get lunch? And Billy's like, I can't. I got to go somewhere. Everyone yeah. just blows Matt Sorry, off. Matt. Busy. Yeah, Matt, I got to do laundry. Matt, I got to wash my hair. <laughs> Whatever it was. It was so mean. So Bill, So Billy's like, actually... I can't go to lunch, but can you babysit my friend Rob from college? Yeah, I don't want to be with you, but can you do me a favor? He's like, can you take him to the La Brea Tar Pits? Not not even just like, can you take him out to lunch? Can you take him to all the tourist attractions? And Matt's like, I have a job. Yeah, he says that. (laughs) He does say that. He's like, I actually have a life. I like that that gets written into the show now. Yeah. The abuse. (laughs) It's so abusive. Um. At the hospital, Kimberly tells Dr. Levin that Michael's been severely depressed and that he's drinking and popping pills again. Right. Which we know is a lie, but she's she's got a little con going. And suicidal. Yeah, and he's suicidal. And she's like, he won't go to therapy. But if you could make psych counseling mandatory, that would be great. Like, don't take away... Just because he's popping pills again doesn't mean we should take away his license. <laughs> Just just make him go, just force him to go to therapy. Yeah. Yes, he's drugs, drinking, suicidal, but so let's put him on rounds. <laughs> he's got a big like, surgery coming up. Why is up. Levin not like more disturbed by this information? Like, it's crazy. That night at Shooters, Matt and Rob are having a great time. They're sitting at a table drinking beers. And that's when Matt just cuts the, to the chase. And he's like, 
So, speaking of who we fucked in college, did you fuck girls or boys? Because they're, like, reminiscing about yes. their college dating in the past. And he's like, so, we talking girls or boys? I like when Matt's, like, giving severe top energy. Ugh. <laughs> I like, love that for him. Me too, because he's just like, let's get to it. Like, cut the bullshit. Because none of the people... In the Melrose Place complex, realize like Matt has like an entirely like another life. Yeah. Because they never bother to ask. No, he's not a pushover in that life. No. <laughs> he is not. He is he's like, <laughs> did you fuck girls or guys? And Rob laughs and he's like, a little of both. But then he tells Matt, he's like, because this is 1994, bisexuals don't exist. I know. I was at this when point. he first said that, I was like, oh, a a bi icon. Right. He's a bi character. <laughs> no, bi people don't exist uh, at this point. So he tells Matt, he's like, I I figured out that I'm gay. And Matt's like, well, good. Me too. I'm gay too. Let's go. Let's <laughs> fucking do this. <laughs> Allison and Billy are in their apartment and she's bitching. She's bitching about having to do this like deposition. It is wild to me that she's getting married and has to take that day before the wedding to do this. Like, I'd be like, no, do it next week. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is a $10 million lawsuit. I'm not coming in like the very next day you subpoena me. It's crazy. Um, and so she doesn't know what to do. And then she blames Billy. She's like, if you wouldn't have blurted it out to Jake that I saw Amanda and Chaz kissing. That's why you never tell Billy anything. No. It's proven. See, if she would have uh, told Matt, exactly, that secret would have been locked tight. That's Matt. Matt is there for that. And no one gets it. Nobody at this complex realizes just how special Matt is. He's very valuable. He's a valuable human being, <laughs> and he's a fun hang. Yeah. They don't, they don't even see the real Matt. They don't appreciate no, him. No, I'm sick of it. Matt... And Rob returned to the apartment complex. They're laughing. They're having a good time. And Matt is asking if Billy knows that he's gay. And he's like, no, he doesn't know. But I'm not going to tell him this weekend because it's like his wedding. And it's like he's busy. And they get closer and they have an off-screen kiss. A kiss is implied. Because we just see Billy. We cut to Billy <laughs> doing what Billy loves to do, which is peek through the blinds. And he's like, oh, yeah, he, 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 liter- he literally says, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm mad that Matt and Rob didn't go back to Matt's place. Why? Because it's, yeah, this would have been a perfect opportunity to have a little weekend fling. It's what you do at a wedding. Yes. Uh, or go back to Rob's hotel. Right. Like, and it's get away from all these nosy absolutely. people. So Billy, yeah, we zoom in on Billy's little face. This is like the 10th time that Billy's caught something juicy by staring out of his window. Yes. Jane and the Aussie guy, they're walking at the marina, and she's bitching about Michael, which is like, I'm sure, really hot to him. Yeah. And she's like, I just want Michael, I just want Michael out of my business. I want, I, is there some way we can just like cut him out? And he's like, oh, I'm afraid that's not going to work. Yeah. 
<laughs> Come here, you hussy. <laughs> <laughs> and they kiss. Yeah. Amanda returns home and Jake stops her and he's like, we need to talk. And she's like a little hopeful because she's, she's in a bad way right now. And this is, this is Jake's kryptonite. Mm. A woman in distress, (laughs) (laughs) crying in front, being vulnerable. He can't handle it. He cannot handle Amanda being vulnerable. Because it's like, that's like me being vulnerable. It's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) She starts, she's like so weak and vulnerable. And he's like, I think we both need space, Amanda. And she's devastated. And so she starts crying. She's like, I don't need space. I need someone to believe in me. <laughs> Just to believe in me. Jake, Jake has been there. He's, 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 he's like, I know what it's like to be a tough cookie on the outside, but have a gooey center. Yeah. No one sees it, but I see you, Amanda. Ugh. How did he go from dumping her to be with Joe to immediately fucking her, though? Like, that is crazy. <laughs> this is really crazy. Um, so they start <clears throat> hugging as she's crying. Later that night, Allison's nightmares are back. She's she's having these grainy black and white creepy nightmares again. In the basement. Where she's a little girl and she's in the basement and she drops her dolly. Her little porcelain doll. Yeah. And she And she gets grabbed. She gets grabbed, but we don't know by who. And then she she wakes up violently and screams. And that's when her mom and dad rush into her room, followed by Billy. And she's the dad's kind of she's talking to the mom about her dream, and the dad's in the doorway, and he's like, <laughs> the dad's he's, he's thinking. The dad's like, it was just a dream. Yeah. She just had a bad dream. Let's go on before she says more. <laughs> says anything more. <laughs> Let's get out of here. No, but go back to sleep, kid. The next morning, Amanda and Jake wake up together in her pastel sheets. He just can't help himself. Ugh, those lavender sheets. The- <laughs> <laughs> he sees a woman in distress. He's got a fucker. He sees a man disrespecting a woman, he's got to punch him. Yeah. It's very easy to get Jake to do what you want. It's so, he's so predictable. He might be the most predictable person on the show. But I I find this to be crazy. Yeah. Because he literally was talking to Joe about getting back together with her. I know. I know. Like, (laughs) and not once is he thinking about poor Joe and all of this. Wild. Um. No, it is outrageous. This behavior it is, is outrageous. Like, so, how does Joe not be like, fuck you? Like, forever. Yeah. Like, you can't keep your dick in your pants. It's crazy. Um, Amanda's in heaven, though. Yeah. And she's like, you know, Jake, we really have something, a deep connection together. Not like you and Joe. I And she's kind of, she's. I love, this is like a classic Amanda nagging, where she's like, I know you just want to help Joe with her crib and her baby because you're a good friend, but she ne- will never have the connection that we have. Yeah. So she's like also doing that thing that Joe uh, Jake loves, where she's like a good person, like play acting. Jake but it's is. A ne- it's like definitely going at Joe. Jake is honestly so stupid because he oh, always yeah. buys what she's selling. 
He's a himbo. <laughs> he's dumb as shit. <laughs> Very hot though. <laughs> if Jake could understand that he's a dumb bitch, he would get so much further in life. Because right. the problem with Jake is that like he doesn't understand his limitations. And he yeah. doesn't understand how much he gets played all the time. He's emotionally dumb. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he doesn't know how to do emotions. So, he's Jake's a little unsure, though. But yeah. he's like, I promise I'll be there for you. Yeah. Allison and Billy are talking. He's like, Allison, you had a nightmare. She's like, Billy, I'm fine. I just got to go to work. Yeah. And, or no, she's in her robe. Billy has to work the day before their wedding. What's his job? He's at the magazine. Oh, he's still at he's there? He's still at the magazine. Oh, he's like, oh, you got some paperwork. Right, because she's in the um, chenille robe with the moon. Ugh, I love that robe. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. So she, he's, he's got to go to work. On his way out, he sees Matt. And Billy's like, hey, Matt, wait up. And... He's like, I saw you last night. I, I saw you. <laughs> Billy can't even spit it out. He's like, so. How dumb is Billy? <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know if you know, I saw you come home from the bar with my friend Rob. And, uh, you know, you were. Uh... And then Matt cu- cuts him off. He's like, we were kissing, Billy. Yes, you saw us kissing. And Billy goes, and that's okay. And that's okay. But then Billy says, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you're a likable guy. Matt, uh, Rob, he got drunk. He just like had some emotions. He was experimenting. He was experimenting, Matt. (laughs) Why is this so hard for Billy to grasp? That's what I don't get. Like, I didn't know he was gay. Like He's totally doing a no homo right now. Yes. Just in like a slightly more supportive way. But it essentially right. boils down to that where he's like, I don't have a problem with gay people, but I'm going to make excuses for why my best friend from college is kissing a man. Right. Like, he can't buy that. It's like, also unfair to Matt to, like, make Matt out him. And Matt handles it, I think, pretty well. He's like, look, I'm you talk to Rob about that. Right. Like, um, once again, Matt is, like, the pillar of... Like actual, like being a good friend. Yes. Um. So, yeah. But but Matt does quit back with quit back to Billy. He's like, well, it didn't feel like he was experimenting. Yeah. He's like, don't make me like I'm the experimentation. He was into it, right? <laughs> um. I mean, it is kind of rude because Billy basically is like asserting that like his friend had to be blackout drunk to make out with Matt. Yeah. But Matt was in a tight spot. Because yeah. he didn't, because Rob did say, I'm gay to Matt, but Matt didn't feel like he could be the one to tell Billy. No, it's not yeah. his place, and he knows that. Yeah. At this little trial, we see Chaz testify, and he's wearing the widest tie. He's such a sleazeball. He, they don't make guys who look like this anymore. That is just a relic. This is like a very <laughs> specific type of guy that was in. Like late eighties, early nineties, TV and movies. The hair, the hair, but also those like piercing turquoise eyes is just like a very specific type of sleaze ball. And that kind of ruddy tan skin. He's got like a hot dog tan. 
Chaz. And his name is Chaz. Yeah. And he's wearing a very wide tie. Um, And he's testifying, giving his sob story, making Amanda out to be this sexual predator, saying that every time he brought up business, she brought up sex. And Amanda can't talk during this, but she wants to. And she's like, almost blurts things out. She is grimacing. I like when he was talking about things that she said to him and she said that Amanda came up to him at some point and she's like, it's time to pay the piper. And (laughs) I was just like imagining her saying that is so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And he says at the end of his testimony that he wants Amanda to pay for what she did to him. And then Amanda testifies next. And I got to say, Amanda's performance is not as good as Chaz's. Oh, she's awful. Because she's so cold. And she explains that Chaz has been coming on to her since she hired him and that she fired him. Yes. And I do feel like Amanda is lying here, and that's why she came off bad. She is still lying because they did mutually kiss each other. Yeah, at the very least. We do know that much. There was a mutual attraction there. Even though Chaz was sleazy towards her since day one. Yes. Kimberly and Michael just fucked. And Michael has to leave to go to a meeting with Jane about this business. And he (laughs) tells Kimberly, he's like, I love to watch her squirm. (laughs) He does love it. (laughs) It is funny. And before he leaves, Kimberly's like, you want a beer? And he's Mm. like, if you get me one, babe. She's like, gladly. So she get goes up to the kitchen and she grabs two beers and she doses one of them. Yeah. With a sedative. With yeah. And she gives it to Michael. Back at the trial, Allison is testifying in her little cream colored skirt suit. Mm. And she is asked what kind of a boss Amanda is. And Allison's trying to be very um strategic about not calling her a bitch. She's like, she can be tough. Right. She's trying to be honest, but (laughs) uh, not get Amanda into too much trouble. Yeah. And that's when she says, she explains what they ask her, like what happened that day. And she says she passed the conference room and saw them kissing passionately. And then she says that Chaz later told her that they fucked in the conference room. I like that the judge is like, do you think that that's probably what happened? (laughs) Like, that is like a crazy question because she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And I love that the judge was like, this is, the judge basically says, this isn't a real trial. Let's just have fun here today. Yeah. Like, he does out of control. He does say that. This judge is like, come on, just let her speak. I want to hear this. (laughs) This is is getting juicy. (laughs) This judge is such a messy bitch. Um, she, Amanda's pissed because Allison's like, yes, it's, I suppose it's possible. Like that, that could be true that they had sex. Yeah. So she gets to just completely speculate on the stand. Would never happen. This would never happen. Um, I'll, Amanda is like livid. And that's when the judge adjourns this case. Like, that's it. Yeah. We get three people testifying. It's all he said, she said, too. Um, Allison said. What? 
It's he I'm said, saying the case is he said, she said. There's oh, no oh. evidence. Oh, I know. There's no evidence. And even what Allison saw isn't evidence of sexual harassment. Right, because what she saw appeared to be two people kissing. She saw like them kissing already. Like she didn't see before where where Amanda was like, "Do it now, or you're fired." <laughs> or like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, the judge is like, "I'm gonna give my ruling in 48 hours." Let me think about these three testimonies. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is passed out in bed because whatever Kimberly gave him knocked him the fuck out, and that's when Sydney and Kimberly carry his body out into the garage, put him in his car. They turn the car on, and Kimberly's like, now you get out of here, Sydney. You go to Palm Springs and make sure someone sees you. And then she closes the garage door, so they're going to kill Michael by carbon monoxide poisoning. And Sydney is so weak, because even in this moment, she's like, should we? Yeah. <laughs> and Kimberly's like, stop. We're killing him. Like, yeah. This is, this is going down. Sydney still has a weak spot for Michael. I think Sydney will always love Michael. It's crazy. No matter what he does to her. Later that night, it's like nighttime by this point, and we see Jane pacing inside of her little shop with the Australian guy, and she's like, this is just like Michael to be late. He didn't show up. This is... This is ridiculous. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down there. We're gonna drive to Malibu right now. And that's when I said, "Fucking Jane." I was like, "No." <laughs> I don't know why I'm on Kimberly. I like Kimberly. I'm like on board with her plan. Yeah. I support her. I do support Kimberly, and I'm furious. But I mean, I don't want Michael to die for the show's sake. But, no, because Michael's like the best. But character. this is so fucking ridiculous that Jane does this. Where do we think that Jane's shop is? I'm guessing downtown. We think Jane's shop is downtown, most likely, because like in the fashion district, right? Yeah. Jane tells the Australian guy, she convinced, she's like, we're going to get in my car, in my little cabriolet, and drive to Malibu right now. Yeah. We don't know. It could be 5 p.m. We don't know what time it is. And it probably is because it was we saw daylight to dark, so it could be right around five six, right? That's a great point. This is so crazy. Yeah. That she just pulls up and then she like cut to them pulling up to the beach house looking for Michael, and that's when they discover him in the garage with the car running and he's unconscious. Now I will say this was definitely stupid of Kimberly. Knowing he had a meeting to go to with Jane. Really stupid. Where people might be like, where is he? Right? Right. You would want to do it where no one is thinking he's going to arrive and come looking for him possibly. Why didn't she do this on his, maybe because he's a doctor. He only has so many days off. I guess. But it was huge faux pas on her part. She should have done it overnight. Yeah. That would have made more sense. Like when she was on a night shift. Yeah. Um, So it's all smoky in there, in the garage. Everyone's coughing except for Michael because he's still passed out. They carry him out on the street, and Jane gives him CPR, and Michael wakes up with a boner. That was the stupidest <laughs> mouth-to-mouth I've ever seen. Also, like, what is that something you give mouth-to-mouth for? Because he did that thing where he's like, like he was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he gave a little cough. And then he started breathing again. And he starts and he smiles and he looks up at Jane and he goes, Hmm, that was a great kiss. 
And Jane must have been kicking herself for saving him once again. Once again, Jane was an idiot. And what's crazy is like, if somebody has carbon monoxide poisoning, you immediately call 911. This whole thing, I was like, this is not scientifically sound. Like, I don't really know what, but... I can just tell this is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how long it would have taken him for him to die, but I feel like he would have been dead by the time they got there. Also, wouldn't he be kind of not cracking jokes when he comes out of it? He's like completely Michael Mancini. Like within a second. He's like, There's hmm. no grogginess. He's immediately like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we go off that scene on his creepy smile. Like, yeah, I got some. <laughs> Someone tried to kill me, but at least I got some kisses from Jane. (laughs) The next day, it's the wedding day, and we see this construction crew putting a wood floor over the pool. This was insane. I love that they clearly... Okay, this, this makes no sense. Presumably the reason they are having their wedding at their apartment complex is to save money, but then they're spending what's probably costing thousands of dollars to build this platform. And they brought in like the fake grass. Dude, this (laughs) wedding looked so expensive for what it was. No, I agree. Just rent a cheap hall. Why are you building a set? (laughs) They're building a fucking set. And Amanda is furious and she's like, I never gave you permission to cover up the pool. Yeah. And um, Joe, I mean, Amanda, and this is like kind of a crazy scene because like Amanda and Jake are like coming out of her apartment at this time as Amanda's yelling at the construction people. And Jake is like sheepishly putting his shirt back on. Yeah. And Joe spots him coming Uh. out of Amanda's apartment and she's mad. And then Jake hollers over to Joe. It's not what it seems. (laughs) Well, it is. And she's like, forget it, Jake. Once again, Jesus. Allison apologizes to Amanda for doing this construction at her complex. Yeah. And she's like, there's no reason to ruin my wedding. I just... Why would you put your something like your wedding in Amanda's hands at all? Your enemy. Why would Allison think that Amanda... This was like, Amanda was being shockingly nice. Yeah. Considering what Allison just did to her. Yes. And and to be honest, like, I'm sure Amanda did think they were just having the ceremony there, not doing this huge construction. It is kind of annoying. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I also love that they're, like, putting it together the day of the wedding. Is this the day of the yes. wedding? Yes. Yes, this is like the morning. They're building this floor. <laughs> Why are they doing Why would this you not have done that day before? Or a week before. Yeah, like I don't at the know. very least. Um so um Amanda's like, fine, you can have your wedding. Amanda tells Jake she wants to have sex again, but Joe is like watching from the window. Yeah. She's steaming mad. <laughs> At the beach house, Michael never went to the hospital no. to treat his carbon monoxide poisoning. Crazy. This guy almost died. And he's just like, oh, babe, can you give me an aspirin? I got a headache. <laughs> a mad headache. He's got a headache. And she's like, oh, Michael. Mm. Kimberly's putting on her little show for him. 
she's uh, shit-talking Jane, and she's like, well, maybe Jane and her Australian boyfriend had something to do with this. You never. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, stranger things have happened. <laughs> A lot of people want me dead. <laughs> Back at the complex, Billy's in his tux, Allison's in her robe, and they're like so excited to marry each other. And Allison's mom enters, and she's wearing the most mother of the bride dress I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's hideous. This is every stereotypical mother, like that cream lace. Cream lace, very figure unflattering, just like a box. It is a complete shapeless box. It's like Her hair is flat. Her hair looks like shit. It looks (laughs) dry but greasy at the same time. And she's like, Allison... Time to get ready. Yeah. Her poor mom. She's just so... She's pathetic. Yeah. Billy confronts Rob. And he's like, do you know you're gay? Or whatever he says to him. Billy, of course, is offended. Yeah, he's like... He's like, like, did you always know you're gay? And Rob's like, yeah. And Billy's like, wow. He can't believe it. He can't believe that, like growing up in the 80s that his best friend maybe wouldn't want to tell him he's like come out to him and then he says the most billy thing of all time were you ever attracted to me yeah. <laughs> and i love that rob was like no no i'm not dumb <laughs> like allison <laughs> well that is such a billy question because before he said it i saw him thinking it and I was yes like, he's gonna say he's it. gonna say it he's gonna say it and he did Sarah, the model, is at this wedding for Why? some reason. I'm so... She's not friends with Allison. She's not friends with anyone except for Joe. And I'm beginning to think that these two have like a very weird codependent relationship. Right. It's, it is weird. So they're like looking in awe at this like wedding setup. There are like flowers everywhere. Joe is wearing her pink taffeta bridesmaid's dress. It's like that pale mauve. It's a dusty pale (laughs) pink. Dusty pale pink. And she confronts Jake. And she's basically being like, I'm not mad, Jake. I'm I'm not upset. Yeah. But fuck you. It is what it is, Jake. That's it. This is the last time. We're friends. Like, she's just like. She's like, no hard feelings, Jake. I'll see you at the wedding. (laughs) There and then they walk away, but that's where they also live. Yeah. (laughs) See at the wedding, which is where we live. (laughs) It's like so anticlimactic. So then Joe walks over to Allison's apartment where she's in her room with Jane, and Jane is like, you know, adjusting her wedding dress that she designed for Allison. And Allison's got some bangs. I wrote Allison bangs, LOL. (laughs) What is this hairstyle? These bangs. I laughed out loud because the dress is like, whatever. It's a very basic wedding dress for that style. Oh my God. Her hair is crazy because she's never worn her hair this way ever. She looks like a different person. This is a lot of mousse. This is a lot of mousse. I picture her like picking those little strands yeah. and kind of pulling them up and using separating the, them using the blow dryer to really get yes. some volume. <laughs> like she used the diffuser on this. 
It's an it's an insane bang look. We're gonna post this on the Instagram. Okay. It's crazy. She's wearing a white lace off the shoulder dress, um, with a lace bodice with a drop waist, and then a very voluminous skirt. Like it has a huge skirt, bow. Sat. It's like a, a satiny. Maybe it's taffeta. It's like a shiny, big, big skirt with a huge bow on the ass. And then her veil is also very voluminous. Like it is has volume on top. The veil is stupid. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Doesn't it look so stupid? <laughs> the veil. Is honestly kind of mullety because I was going to say it's a mullet. It's kind of a mullet veil. I mean, this is a dress I feel like a lot of people would want, right? It's not my style at this time. At this time, at this era, this is like I remember her first dress was way more hideous. Like the original Jane idea was awful. This is more in line with like a more classic that style bridal gown, like. Well, these sort of tight bodice off the shoulder dresses were very popular. But the weird thing is, why have Jane designed this? Because this is like off the rack, David's bridal. There's, Do you know what I mean? There's nothing remarkable about it. But that's what's so weird. She had her friend design it and she didn't do her style, she did like another style. Like that's not Jane's style. It's not. Yeah, why didn't she? It's just she weird. Make, why didn't she give her a little baby doll dress? Or like a flapper style. A flapper dress. <laughs> it incorporates the 20s, 40s, 60s, and 90s. <laughs> all the girls, all the girlies have a hug. Yeah. And Jane is like, oh, hold on. I have to go get you my something blue. Ugh. And that's when Michael stops her in the courtyard. Yeah. And he's there with Kimberly. And Kimberly, Kimberly's looking chic in a little red silk number. She's wearing <laughs> She's like Jezebel walking yeah. into that wedding with a silk red slip dress or whatever. Because everyone else is in pastels. No, and I loved it. Kimberly, Kimberly and Amanda are dressed like the little hussies. Yes. Um, I'm just Amanda's, sad Sydney. Well, well, she shows up, but not in her wedding wear. And um, Michael is like, you know, Jane, I decided I'm not going to sign on to that deal. I don't want you getting too big for your... <laughs> Big, big for, for your, your bridges. bridges. <laughs> I don't want you getting a big head. <laughs> what is wrong with him? He's so evil. And she's like, Michael, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. And Kimberly's like, oh, hmm. interesting. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> and she says, I should have let you die, Michael. Back at Billy and Allison's, dad tells Billy, Allison's dad's like, you better get out there, son. We got about 15 minutes to go. <laughs> And that's when we see, we cut to the courtyard, Sydney walking in, in like jeans and a t-shirt. And she's like, oh, great. This is going to be good. I forgot. This does is she still good. live there? I'm sorry. <laughs> Once again, I was like, wait, where does Sydney live? Well, she was in Palm Springs. Right. Because she went for like her alibi. Yeah. So I guess she's still at the apartment building. It's just really funny that yeah. she walks in. She's like, great. This Ugh. shit's going to be going on about this. <laughs> Uh, that's when she sees Michael and yelps because she thinks he's dead or he's supposed to be dead. Right. Kimberly manages to pull Sydney aside 
like she under the guise of I'm going to go yell at Sydney for you, Michael. Yeah, and I'll she's like, I'll explain everything at Shooters. Meet yeah. me there later. Allison's mom is in the room with Allison, and she's like, "Our little Allison is getting married." And then the dad comes in the room too, and he's like, "Oh, can I have a moment with my favorite daughter?" So weird. And the mom leaves, and he's like, you are so beautiful, and I am so proud of you. Come here, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> and he hugs her, and, and she's crying tears of joy. And she's like, oh, Dad. And, and he's like, I love you, pumpkin. And then he goes, shh, don't cry. And that's when we see Allison's eyes widen, and she has a flashback. And that's when we see the complete image that we have been only seeing pieces of this whole season. We see her dad is with her in the basement and he pulls her back, puts his hand around her mouth and says, shh, don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) Allison backs away from her father in this moment. And she goes, all this time I thought I was crazy, but I'm not crazy. And she goes, you molested me. First she goes, you're a monster. You did things to me. And I was like, just say it. And then she's like, you molested me. She does say it. Yeah. And he goes, and then he grabs her. He immediately, he doesn't even try and talk her off the ledge. He grabs her, puts his hand over her mouth, And he says, it never happened. I swear to God, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. (laughs) Classic molester behavior. (laughs) It's like a light switch that goes off. Right. You're right. Like, he doesn't even do the, like, what are you talking about, sweetheart? Like, he immediately goes full on predator. He doesn't even try and gaslight her. He, (laughs) no. He leaves and she is like stunned in this, in her bedroom. Yeah. Meanwhile, a few minutes later, uh, several minutes later, however, some time has passed. We're in the courtyard now. There's a flute, a flautist. <laughs> Playing like some vaguely classical. He's just like. Everyone's <laughs> sitting there and bored as shit. <laughs> it's, it's one flute player and one harpist. That's what I deduced. That's all they could afford they after have, spending all the construction money. <laughs> they they have a turf. They have a dude playing the flute and a guy plucking the harp. Yeah. Uh, and people are getting antsy. And what's taking Allison so long? And Jane goes up to her dad and is like, Mr. Parker, is Allison okay? And he's like, Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to say anything. <laughs> Um, the mom goes, goes in to check on Allison, but the dad stops her. He's like, leave her alone. And the dipshit mom is like, okay, you're right, honey. Jane is like, this is weird. So she goes in and she's knocking on the door, but Allison's not answering. So she goes in and that's when she sees that the window is open with the Laura Ashley curtains flapping in the breeze and Allison's wedding dress is on the bed. And yeah. then, then we cut back to the courtyard. And Amanda is like, <laughs> Allison's behavior is just verging on rude. 
Well, the funny thing is, Amanda is so irritated. She's like, I have a meeting. Yeah. And she like walks out of the wedding. But I'm like, I was like, no, you're going to miss all the juicy stuff. <laughs> like, Why would you do this? I would be staying until the very end of this. Why would you not stay to see what happened? This is everything you've ever dreamed of. Like, it's unbelievable. So she gets up and leaves. And then Jane tells Billy that Allison is gone. And so everyone marches into the bedroom and Billy sees that she's missing and he's freaking out. And there's a little note under her pillow and it says, I'm sorry, I just can't. It's not you. Which I feel like this is where Darren Starr got the inspiration for Burger's post-it note. (laughs) It has to be, right? It's basically that. Yeah. Billy loses it and he punches a door. I laugh because it's like her closet door and it has like little ballet the people. Hats. The hats. <laughs> like those... He kind of sadly punches it and it swings open. The little straw hats on the door <laughs> and the ballet <laughs> slippers. Oh my God. Um, Alex... <laughs> this just also adds this other layer of sadness. Like, oh, is this why Allison's like reverted to childhood so much with her decor? Right. Um, <laughs> that's very dark. So... Then we um, cut to Jake telling the guests that the wedding is going to be postponed. <laughs> Why is he so? He's like smiling. Yeah, he's like he, he's like I don't know what to say. Everybody, the, the wedding's postponed. The bride's not feeling well. She's got diarrhea. Yeah, and Michael Michael is like hmm, and he he goes up to Jake. He's like, oh, come on, tell me what's really going. on. <laughs> Michael's me. In this me situation. too. He's like, mm. or I'm like hoping someone is Michael and tells me <laughs> yeah. what's going on. He's like, come on, Jake, tell me what's really happening here. Let's I'm, a, I'm a doctor. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can help her. Kimberly's snooping around, and we see her steal Jane's car keys, mm-hmm. which are just in plain sight. Yeah, uh, Jane's door, apartment door, is just open. Right, <laughs> with all these people. And she's got like 30 keys. She has so many keys. We don't know where these are all to. And Kimberly just knows the right ones to get. Later, we see Amanda arrive at her mother's house. And Chaz is out on the patio. And she's like, I need to see my mother. And he's like, well, she's not home. She doesn't want to see you. He's being a real dickhead. And she's like, why are you doing this, Chaz? And then he's like, you wearing a wire? Yeah. And she's like, does it look like I can wear a wire in this dress? <laughs> and he's like scoping her out. And that's when we see the mom arrive home with one of her model <laughs> clients. Model. The one with a model from Model Inc. <clears throat> but they don't see that the mom has arrived home. Um, back on the patio, Chaz is like doing the villain speech, basically. Yeah, he's admitting to everything. He's he's loudly admitting. He's like, this was my plan. I'm going to split the lawsuit money with your mother, and I'm going to be rich and tell everyone that you sexually harassed me, even though I sexually harassed you. And yeah. like, he's just like, spilled. then I'm going to leave your mom for a younger woman, right. someone my own age. <laughs> yeah, he's like, starts talking shit about the mom. And the mom somehow manages to overhear all of this, even though... There are like several yards between them. Right. Because she comes in with a bag of groceries and the model starts talking to her and she's like, shh. Yeah. She like walks towards the window. They're like so far away. I know. It's very weird. Um, And that's all it takes for the mom 
mm. to flip on Chaz. Cut to San Francisco. Allison arrives at a beautiful Victorian house that is clearly not in the city, even though we can hear in the background they've inserted cable car noises. Right, because this house is on a plot of land with nothing else around it. This is just like... This is crazy on so many levels because the size of this house would imply that Allison's sister Meredith is like a millionaire. Yeah, even back then. Even back then. This is a mansion. It's a mansion and it's hilariously decorated like an old lady decorated it. This is the most (laughs) dowdy old bitch decoration I've ever seen. It's crazy. It is like... The fucking chintziest house ever. No, it's like a set piece. It's all Victorian it's furniture. Like doilies. <laughs> right. Um, so she arrives at Meredith. She's like, hi, sis. Because you know the audience we have to get. Like, oh, that's her sister, Meredith. We already knew that from San Francisco, too. This, but they, they need to send it. Nail I'm it going home. crazy about this house, Desi. I know. It's like, so... It's so stupid. And why is she... She's not in this... She. This house doesn't exist. Well, it's also funny because it's like they're immediately like besties. Right. I was like, didn't you guys, isn't Meredith mad at you for not believing her or like whatever? Like, would you guys just be instantly like, hey, sis? It's just like. (laughs) Um, But I mean, Allison didn't know because the sister never said anything. Right. But you might still have resentments. Like, why didn't she know? Or if it was happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's shit that went down between them, even if it was never said. (sighs) Who fucking knows? Um, They hug. The next day we see Jane in a little white baby doll dress telling the police that her car has been stolen. She's like filing a police report. Um, And Billy is inside their apartment, him and Allison's apartment, talking to her parents. He's filed his own police report, a missing persons report. Yeah. Um, and the the dad is like, oh, she'll be back. And she'll be back, I'm sure. And Billy snaps at the dad and he's like, you were the, you were the last one to see her. What'd you say to her? What'd she say to you? Yeah, they get into a fight. Yeah. And the dad says to Billy, look, look, Son, usually if a bride skips out on our wedding, it has to do something with the groom. Yeah. In San Francisco, Allison tells Meredith that she knows why she left home. And she says, it was happening to me too. And then they speculate whether or not the mom knew. And Meredith is like, I mean, I don't think she knew, but how could she have not known? It's all very sad. Yeah. And Meredith says that she confronted her dad about being molested once, but he said if she told anyone, he would kill her. Yeah. Back at the trial, the judge is just about to hand down his ruling, starting with the fact that he he finds Chaz's testimony credible when Amanda's mom interrupts, and she's like, I have information. And she, they let her testify, and she's like, tells them what she heard on the patio. And that Chaz also lied on his resume, as if that fucking matters in this situation. And he lied on his resume. (laughs) Just a liar. And the judge is like, let me hear her. (laughs) He's like, I want the tea. Um, Chaz is is like, she's out of her mind. And then after the trial, 
Chaz goes up to Amanda's mom and is like, we could have been millionaires, you crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so it good. So fucking good. He's like been dying to say that to her. Oh, since day one. The mom apologizes to Amanda and Amanda's like, too little, too late, mother. Yeah. Back in San Francisco, we meet Meredith's cat. I, I was like, a cat. It was a cat. Of um, course, there's a cat in that old Victorian. There's an old, there's this little orange cat that lives there. And Meredith thinks that Allison should like call Billy. And Allison is crazy. She's like, no, I want to call my dad first. Ugh. Why? Why would you not call Billy? Billy? I mean, I, I'm not marrying Billy, so I would never call him. But Billy, but- <laughs> Billy is an innocent victim in this situation. I mean, yeah, I get why you wouldn't want to call Billy in this situation, but that is her almost husband. I want to be sympathetic to Allison for ha- for having this trauma resurface after 20 years or whatever, but her behavior was insane. And she the least she could have done instead of this vague fucking the least she could have done is in the note be like my dad molested me. And I had to, like, she could have at least, like, given a hint of, like, this is, like, really serious. Like, I am, I was unsafe. Right. I'm not just leaving. Yeah. You at the altar. Say something, like, I was really unsafe or my dad made me feel unsafe. My dad she was. She, she could Imagine have, writing that in the note and leaving it there. Why didn't she at least say that in the note? Why didn't she just give a hint, at least, so Billy doesn't think, like, she got cold feet? Or call him right now and tell him. Be like, I'm so sorry. This is like the worst possible thing that could happen to you on your wedding day. It's really bad timing, I admit. But I, <laughs> as soon as my dad hugged me, I realized that he, all those night, remember those nightmares I've been having? Yeah. Well, well, he said the same exact phrase. He said to me that. <laughs> right. It all came rushing back. And then, and then an even smarter move would have been to tell Jake, let Jake know, because Jake would have punched that guy's lights out. Oh, my God. I don't even think he would have just punched. I think he would have, like, ended up in a coma if Jake had hurt. Jake would have thrown him off a building. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would have been so crazy. So she, th- this is, like, Allison, you need to, like, go get into serious counseling before you make any decisions. Like, Deciding to confront your father. Why would about you this? talk to him? I mean, Jesus. She's acting like. I mean, look. To be fair, Meredith does not look like she's recovered from this. I agree, but, but the I, last thing you need to do is talk to the dad. I think both of them are very damaged in their own ways, and Meredith is absolutely right to think it is crazy that Allison wants both of them to like three-way call their dad and be like, we hate you. Why'd you molest us? (laughs) That's just the wrong thing to do. I'm sorry. They're not safe in that call. No. Um, And then as they're like arguing about what to do, we pan out to the dad Mm. lurking outside of the window. He is so scary. He's terrified. Like, he actually is like, I'm going to kill you, even to them as adults. Yes. Like, it's not just like a child where you could scare them. So saying it to an adult is even scarier because it's like, oh, he really is going to kill us. Yeah. Right? Like, And how did he manage to <clears throat> abscond to San Francisco that quickly? He just got a ticket, 
went on up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because he had to fly. He had to have flown. This is so wild. The next day at the hospital, Michael is told at the front desk that there's an urgent message for him from Jane and that Jane says it's life or death. And he's like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, life or death? Come on, Jane. He goes out to the parking lot, and that's when we see Jane's cabriolet. (laughs) I laughed so hard seeing that little cabriolet. (laughs) This cabriolet is so innocent. It's so innocent. It's the most innocent car ever to commit a crime with. (laughs) (laughs) Just like seeing its speed was sinister. I was like, this car is not supposed to be doing this. No, this car is not the kind of like menacing looking car at all. It's, it's, it was comical. It was so comical. It's also barely big enough to injure anybody. <laughs> and those cars are like tin cans. No, it was crazy. The car would have more damage to it than the person. It was so funny seeing it peel around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it was dying. It looks so stupid. It's just like, imagine getting killed by that thing. It's so embarrassing. We see this car hauling ass. In the in the hospital parking lot, and just plow Michael. Yeah, he goes up onto the hood and onto the pavement, and then we cut to we're losing him. He's in the hospital being worked on by several doctors. And by the way, whoever's driving it has like a handkerchief and sunglasses and like a blonde wig on. Right, we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that next episode, season three. But yeah, we're losing him because part of me when he got hit, I was like, it didn't look that bad. (laughs) So that's why we had to cut to the fucking paddles going off and the the beeps. We're losing him. Stat. Give me some CCs. Give me some Epi. (laughs) They need the Epi. Clear. (laughs) So shit's serious. Michael has been seriously injured. Uh, Maybe he's going to die. We don't know. This is the season two finale. So anything can happen. That's when the next, the very next scene, we see Jane in her little white baby doll dress at her shop, surrounded by police, and they're arresting her. And they're like, your car, your little cabriolet was spotted at the hospital running over Michael Mancini. And she's like, what? I, rep- I reported that. I reported my cabriolet missing. And they're like, well, then why is it down there? And they point to the... She like looks... And, and the, sitting there with a damaged trunk. Yeah, it's like all dented bent. on the windshields, fucked up. And she's like, this is, a, this is crazy. Yeah. And they just arrest her on the spot, and that's where we end. It's also kind of crazy that they arrest her immediately. There's no, there, there's no investigation. Well, because she did report her car stolen, first of all. Like, that's on record, right? Yes. And it seems to me... She had an alibi because she was at work with people <laughs> when it happened. Well, that, Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what's really crazy because it seems like they arrested her like 15 minutes after the accident. Yeah. And she's at work. She's at work like in the middle of something. We needed an indication of a little more passage of time. Well, because she's wearing the same baby doll dress she wore when she reported the car stolen too, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Not that we're, you know, Melrose doesn't give a shit about those kind of details. <laughs> and so Jane, that's where we end. We end on Jane being arrested. And that is how season two ends. So it's a lot of cliffhangers we have going on here. Jane is arrested. Will she go to prison? Will Michael survive? 
We don't know. And we have um, Allison. What's going what's gonna to go on with her dad? The dad is lurking outside the window. And there's a lot of things with Allison happening, right? And what's going on with Billy? He's, he's in his apartment going, oh. <laughs> Where'd the dad go? Are they at, at all suspicious? <laughs> I bet the mom is just sitting politely on a chair in the apartment, not doing anything, and Billy's desperately trying to get her to care that her daughter is missing. Right. And then we also have like the Jake and Amanda. What's going on there? Yeah. To some extent. Right. It's like a minor one. Matt, will Matt fuck Rob? Well, that night. Rob probably flew back to wherever the fuck Billy came from. Wait, wasn't Billy from the Valley? Yeah. But, oh, but I guess they met in college. Friends. Okay. So. But I don't think Rob, I think Rob had to bang Matt before he left. I hope, I hope Matt got laid. Me too. I mean. Because what else is Rob going to do that night? I really hope they fucked. I hope he doesn't have to sit with Billy all night. Oh God. That's the oh, worst. God. You know, I really need a friend right now, Matt. And Rob's like, can I just go out for an hour? <laughs> Uncle pick up some Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'll just go get Jeet Lada because that takes a long time. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. Poor a Matt. A lot of stuff. Poor Rob. They're the only true innocents in all of this. Ugh. I can't <sighs> wait for season three, episode one. We're on season three. Next week. Yeah. We'll, will we go back to our two per week? Possibly, yeah. Okay. Now that we're a little more stable. Well, this was a long one. That's why we're doing a one long one instead of splitting it into two. Yeah. This was an hour and a half episode. How did you know that? Oh, you have the, your, you saw the time. Yeah. Did you not see the time? I was just looking at the time on the garage band as we're recording. Uh, and it's oh, like, oh, I'm talking about the show was an hour and a half. Oh, I'm talking about our episode. This episode was also an hour and a half? Yeah. Damn. Wow. We're as long as the episode. (laughs) Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that, and we will see you all next week. Follow us on Instagram at bitchslappod. I think there's an underscore in there. Yeah. I think it's bitchslap underscore pod. There is. Just search for it. It'll come up. Yeah. We'll post some pics. And we'll we'll see see you next week week for season three. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.